So this week we'll talk about freelancing and consulting. And we have a special guest today, Mikio. And uh, actually, Mikio was my uh, teacher five, six years ago. So I was studying at TU Berlin, uh, doing my master's. And Mikio was one of the teachers of the machine learning class. I was very lucky because uh, after that year, uh, Mikio left academia and joined industry. So I was actually, I was able to... Um, to witness his teaching because otherwise if i joined maybe if i started my master's uh, one years one year later then yeah and so mikio joined uh, zolanda after working at TU berlin um, mm-hmm. where you work there as a like in many different roles yes principal role and uh, yeah so you spent uh, Quite a few years there, right? Like yeah. four, four and a half years. Yeah. yeah. And then you joined Get Your Guide. You also worked for some time there. And right now, Mikio is working as a consultant. So he consults companies on how to make the best use of machine learning, looking on the whole picture from technical infrastructure to product development. Yeah. Welcome, Mikio. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having invited me. And thanks so, uh, for the kind kind words about my teaching. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. I really uh, I remember that uh, it was like sixth or seventh uh, lecture of machine learning. So the uh, professor Miller was, uh, um, I think he had a business trip, uh, and then uh, you were a replacement. So you came into the class, yeah. you looked at the topic, and you said linear regression, sixth lesson, seriously. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think fun. we also did like a practical course on big data. I think. Yeah, that was the, the, the yeah. second semester, the winter semester. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So I did talk a bit about your career already. Yeah, but uh, maybe before we start uh, with our main topic, you can also tell us a bit about your career journey so far. Yeah, no, the... the... Yeah, originally I wanted to become a professor, so I was a researcher, right? And then the only way, the only goal you have is to become a professor. So I was uh, writing papers, um, supervising PhD students, uh, you know, doing the whole conferences. So I think I went to to Neurops like four, five or six times. Um, Yeah, but the, so I think, so, you know, originally I started computer, I studied computer science. So I also always wanted to build something. And then at some point it became like writing these papers and so on became less and less uh, fulfilling, I would say. And also it's, it's really hard, right? So these conferences acceptance rates of less than 20%. So you do a lot of work, which never, which is never published. So this bomb boost, uh, was, was it ever accepted? I don't think so, no. no How many a... times did you try to submit <laughs> it? Uh, I don't know, like two or three times, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that was a nice... Nice algorithm, yeah. But somehow, yeah. At least so. There's one guy who wrote his master thesis uh, trying to parallelize it on a GPU. So it wasn't mm-hmm. at least at least so it was good for something. <laughs> yeah. And then um, yeah, at, at the and then I had this this stream stream the impact like mm-hmm. project mini startup on the side, uh, which we did which I did for quite a few years, <clears throat> and that also exposed me. You know, we did like pilots with some companies to this world and then the funny thing is if you're inside the university you always think everybody tells you like this is the best place to be and then you start working with the people and think oh this is also interesting yeah so then yeah i went to zalando and um which was also yeah and then i really learned a lot yeah so 
and then but I sort of continued trying out these different so I started as an engineering manager and then they started having this principal role right so I thought okay no, going back to be more technical and so on. So I, I you know, look for new opportunities to learn something all the time. And uh, so eventually you ended up being a solo consultant, right? As yes. Yeah. So what do you help with? So what do you consult about? Um, yeah, so I think the, the, the idea was that I help companies in general if they want to do like machine learning in production or in practice not just production and the because I, I worked on so many different aspects right so I created algorithms as a researcher myself and then I, I had teams organized and then later on I did like worked on a machine learning platform team at Zalando or a project as in like a consulting architect and also this this consulting role at Zalando uh, the principal role was a bit like internal consulting right so and I think so the idea was that I I uh, Oh, my problem is that I always start with a technical problem, but then I, I always wonder like, what is the what is the real problem? And then you end up looking into organization and things like that. So to take all that and then um, yeah, try and help companies become better at that, whatever, whatever it is, right? So that, that was the original idea. Mm -hmm. So you're like a principal uh, data science or machine learning person to hire, right? Yes, yeah, right. And the so one, one decision or I made early on is that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hands-on myself, right? Mm -hmm. So because I think, um, it, so mainly because it's a very different kind of work. So if you're like really doing data analysis yourself, then it's more like you uh, like, but you really have to put on a lot of hours. So the idea was I'm, I'm more on the mentoring side and then I can also do a couple of projects in parallel and so on. Mm -hmm. So how does it work out for you? Uh, so far, it's uh, it's good. It's very no. It's the so the funny thing was, <laughs> actually, I thought okay maybe. So I decided I want to try this, uh, and then I quit my job at Get Your Guide, um, and then I thought okay maybe I, I need to first you know write a lot of blog posts and start you know doing <laughs> like promoting like this promoting, yes promoting, right? uh, and then I don't know maybe so two three months or something I thought and then it would take some time. But then the funny thing is that sort of, um, yeah, I immediately got my first project, right? And that's, um, um, yeah, and then another one. So it actually was, I, I didn't, so I stopped, I stopped sort of stopped working and then there was a weekend and then I started on my, on my new job, uh, like on the new <laughs> consulting gig. And there wasn't, there wasn't any time between and this was quite, yeah, it was a bit surprising. So was it, did you at least write something on LinkedIn and this is how you found a client or... It was just actually so the, the not not till January. So I started mm -hmm. in uh, November, mm -hmm. right? And the so the, how I got my first project was um, so just people that I knew from my <laughs> time at Zalando who now was were somewhere else, and then uh, right they knew that I, that I quit, and then they asked, oh, so what are you doing now? Mm -hmm. um, and then um, and I think this is, is pretty common also, right? People ask, oh, why don't you join our team, or mm -hmm. why don't you come to us? Uh, and then I said, no, but you know, I want to try this consulting thing for a while. And then a few of them actually said, okay, if you want to do consulting, we can, we can try that. Right. And that, mm -hmm. that's sort of how, how I got into it. And it was, it was quite, uh, yeah. So in retrospect, right. I think it's not that surprising because I, I really knew like a lot of people or the, the good thing if you're at a company at the London is you have, you get to know a lot of people and then they move on. So you have like a good, good network already. And then everybody's looking for, I mean, data scientists are still 
um, very hard to find. So everybody's trying to find somebody. And I think mm -hmm. that that's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, it's it, so something, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not mm -hmm. as hard as, as you think, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's not as hard as you think if you have a strong network, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was, mm -hmm. I think, is key. Yes. But but I think so talking to other consultants, um, it, it's also not uncommon, right? So you you do this project with so many, um, yeah, many people. So you do one project, which is which works well, and then somebody recommends you and, and things like that, right? So it's not mm -hmm. like you... Uh, you build a great website and then you sell it and then people come. But because consulting is also a lot, lot I think, with trust and then you need some people who, yeah, you need to. Mm -hmm. So it's always better if somebody said I did a project with them and it was good, great. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, that's the, I, I think it's not uncommon that it works like this. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is how it happened to you. So first you found the first client uh, through your network of somebody yeah. who also worked with you in Zelanda. So you found... Uh, um, them or they found you so you worked for them and then they basically recommended you to somebody else and this is how it started right yes i mean i think they didn't recommend me but then there were a few of these these things right so mm -hmm. and then and then these sort of became the first few few projects um yeah and then in january i i posted on linkedin but i'm, I'm mm -hmm. doing this now and and i think these career change things on linkedin they they always get a lot of engagement right mm -hmm. so if I mean, also usually people say you are working at a new company, and then everybody says, "Yeah, great, all the best." <laughs> uh, but then on LinkedIn, everybody—I mean, liking is like like retweeting, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's shared quite widely. Yes. <clears throat> and, uh, also, if you update your profile, I think everyone in your network gets yes. like a notification. Yeah. So, yeah and and that, that led to quite a few talks, but I think no no new project at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, yeah, what I what I started also doing is then like lots of, I mean, I gave the talk here, right? But I, I did a few couple of podcasts and um, yes, and then through that, so I think the, mm -hmm. so this summer, for some, I don't know why, what the, why why this summer, but I got I got it again like a num large number of um, not a large mm -hmm. number, but like a <laughs> okay number of new new inquiries, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. yeah, by okay you mean more than you can handle. Yeah, actually, so that's the fact. I think it was pretty. So workload-wise, it was pretty okay. But mm -hmm. but currently, so now I have to I have to sort of think like, okay, what is how actually what what like what kind of projects do I want to do and and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, so now you have projects to choose from. Um, yes, maybe. No, but I think that's the other thing. And <laughs> uh, actually, I, I mean, this is I think a great thing about freelancing. Um, is is that you actually have this freedom, right? So you can you can just, you can say you can say okay, I want to do this. You can think about it, and if something is not working or you think you're struggling, you can think about it and then say okay, maybe I try to do a different kind of project and so on. Uh, and this was also pretty uh, constant, right? So it, it actually was <laughs> right. So you're in the beginning. I was like, okay, this will take a few months till till I have any income again, right? And then suddenly it's okay, and then. And you want to, but what if this stops? And then at some point, for some reason, you have too many, too many projects. So it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> so not very lot, stable, I'd say. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a lot more things to worry about compared to usual full time job, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how how do you usually find clients? Or they find you, or what's what yeah, does the process I look think, like? Yeah, no, that's the they they find me. I mean, mm -hmm. so far. Um, 
yeah, I think I did, as I said, right, I did a bit of bit of marketing here. Um, yeah, and then I think usually what you do is, so the question is then, um, yeah, I, I mean, what do you do then, right? So you, mm -hmm. it's like one, yes. <laughs> like a first first meeting, um, just to try to understand what they need and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And, uh, yeah. So basically, to find clients, what you need is, uh, of first, have a good network, right? Yeah. Then also you need to do to give a couple of talks so people know you exist. Those who are, let's say, outside of your network, immediate network, yeah. and then uh, that's enough to actually get started, right? And then the word of mouth uh, helps to yes. land new clients. Yeah. yeah, and I think I mean it's also it's, it's uh, so I've been thinking also a lot about this, but I think it's actually quite it's much more easy to start a new like a startup or something, right? Because usually, like if you have one or two projects, then then you you're already making enough money. Or like it's a, it's, a, it's not like you have to bootstrap for two years and not make any mm -hmm. money, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's the tradition. I think was smoother than I thought. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think once you have that, right? So you also have a bit of time and mm -hmm. um, to see how it goes. Yeah. And Do I mean, often it's also like the yeah. So I mean, if it's also if you have a good client, it works well. There's also the chance that they will extend the project and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I want to ask you a few things. So maybe let's first start with the network thing. So yeah. you said it wasn't too difficult for you, but one of the reasons uh, was that you had a good network. And by the way, there is a message from Felix Müller saying, hey, greetings from one of those Exalanda colleagues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell uh, Felix yes. hi. So um, like for, hey, for people who want to um, start freelancing, so how do they build such a network? So they later let's say if they want to start freelancing in half a year or a year so how do they approach this uh, whole network building thing yeah i think i mean one is sort of in, in the company just where you are having a good network uh right i mean so it's just uh i, I don't know i, I don't for, for me i don't sorry i think it's not I find just it quite natural to <laughs> hang out by the water cooler yes hang out by the water cooler i mean so sometimes meet for coffee Mm -hmm. uh, like not just in your team, but maybe there's somebody else in another, you're on the project and then you'd mm -hmm. also just, you, you say like, okay, maybe we can have lunch together and coffee just to, to get to know each other a bit, right? And mm -hmm. then I think if you stay longer, you also move around a bit and then, um, so good is also, I think, always asking people you know, whether they know somebody, right? So if you, uh, and then they introduce you to them. Mm -hmm. And then I think you can have this, um, uh, like like this one hour so there's like a typical networking one hour meeting right so mm -hmm. <laughs> not sure whether whether people are aware so um should i talk a bit about that so how that works <laughs> or yeah, I, so I, I work with it <laughs> <laughs> why not right so the question is somebody yes uh, or yeah so say, like uh, let's say if in half a year i want to freelance and i want to build a strong network and even if i don't freelance at the end i think this network yeah. will help anyway so how do i how do i do this so you said uh, have one uh, hour uh, meetings yes. with people okay as so the first is i think you have to, to sort of find people and i think mm -hmm. you can um sort of ask people in your network whether they know somebody who's interesting i think you can also like on on linkedin or on twitter if you see an interesting post you can also just connect with people and say oh this is interesting maybe you can have a meeting so i'm also getting requests like this mm -hmm. um there's like a, an app which is called called lunch club where mm -hmm. you can register and then 
um, put in like a bit of your um, like what you're interested in and then each week you get matched with somebody mm -hmm. um, yeah and I think these and then I mean there are these things like you can go to meetups and then just talk to people and so on mm -hmm. and I think sort of the key thing so that first to get the contact and then so what you do with these people is so you meet for one hour and I, for, for me it seems like there's always this structure right so usually it's like everybody does an intro about themselves so you just and you sort of say okay you want to say something about yourself or should I start and then everybody tells a little bit about like like their history what they're interested in and then that takes like half an hour and then usually in that time if, if you've seen some common things right you just go a bit deeper into these topics and you just talk and then and then after an hour you're sort of done right but then there, there's this connection there and then later on um, you maybe remember some people or something like that uh, and, and that's I think that's so if you do this for a while, right, then a lot of people, you get to know some people and people know mm -hmm. you and so on. Mm -hmm. So you said lunch club and then also LinkedIn meetups. I guess now with meetups, it's a bit more difficult. Yeah, it's uh, simple, yeah. Uh -huh. but I but, think it's, it's totally okay on LinkedIn. If you, yeah. um, if you see a post, you know, just make a, a connect request and then mm -hmm. just say, oh, this looks interesting if you want. I mean, just ask people, right? They can always mm -hmm. say no and not get back to you. But, mm -hmm. um, I think usually it's quite, mm -hmm. yeah, it's quite, people and are then, open, uh, more open to uh, this than maybe you think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. And then other thing you said, uh, so now you get a client and uh, so what is interesting is what next happens next. First, you have this uh, sort of intro call, right? You try to figure out uh, like if you're a good match, if you can help the client. Right or how yeah. does it look like? So, so let's say you get a LinkedIn message saying, "Hey, Mikio, I heard you're doing freelancing. Can you help us?" So, what happens after that? Yeah, I think the so there are a few things. I think you have like this intro. So you have a number of calls, right? So mm -hmm. usually, but it's it's one, and then maybe maybe I'm doing this wrong, right? But sometimes they say, "Oh, you also need should need these people before we make the decision," mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's quite a few meetings. I mean, which for which you don't get any money, right? But that's so you don't. Yeah. I was going to ask that if you <laughs> build that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the um, so the idea is more right. So you you try to build some trust, or uh -huh. you see whether it would actually make sense. Um, Right. So you, you don't want to solve the problems already, right? But then the, I mean, the idea is, so if, if you get a client, then this would be like a longer few weeks, maybe a few months project for usually right, quite a lot of money. So so it, it's like this, this is like the kind of unpaid marketing that you have mm -hmm. to do, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that was actually so when I, when I started, it was a bit funny because I had these projects and because because of it's more mentoring, right? I'm not like working full days or so, right? So it's more like a few meetings here and there. But then over time, I realized that all this other work is also work, right? It's just that you don't get money for it. But if you think about it, right? So, I mean, most of the work is not work that, that actually makes money for the company, right? So every, so it's, or it's very indirect. <laughs> if you're a developer, right? It's not like people actually, like a customer gives you money to write a single line of code, but it's, sort of I don't know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes yes um yeah i think it's, it's the one question is right sort of you have i think you should have an idea like what kind of work you want to do right whether it's if you freelance whether it's really like you, you want to be hands-on and code or not and then figure out how that works yeah and i think the, the interesting question is really to understand so sometimes they have an idea like what what they want Right. But I think it's also important to understand actually what their problem is so that mm. you it's like what they want and what they need. 
Yes, and not because they already sometimes they say, "Are you looking for somebody who does this and that?" But but that's already the solution part, and then mm -hmm. the question mm -hmm. is, why do they want that, and so on? Yeah, like we we need like an expert in deep learning, but why? And then you start digging. Uh, yes, and then it turns out that maybe there's a logistic regression would solve the problems, yes. right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, lecture number six, as you said, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, and then what I, would, what I try to do, so there's, there's one book that somebody recommended to me, just a very funny title, and that's called, um, what is it called? Mill Million Dollar Consulting mm. uh, by, um, I think, Alan Weiss is the guy. Uh, but so, the, I mean, I think it's a good book. So I'm not sure whether you can take this and then make a million dollars consulting. But, uh, uh, it I was going a, to order that. Yes, that's a good book. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but the so what what he described he gives like a template for the offer, which which mm -hmm. I found to be quite good. So you, so what I found is is good is if if you actually take the time and then sort of write down a summary of what you understood, what the problem is they want to solve, and like what you what you want to what you're offering. And then you can also talk about like your, your fees or so on. And I, I found that the, so every time I do this is actually quite, quite insightful also, right? It's also good for them to check whether you really have the same understanding. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's like they say, okay, when can you start? And then it never gets really explicitly written down, like what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So basically the outcome of this uh, one or a couple initial meetings is to understand if you can help them. And if you need to them, what, what actually they need. So then you write some sort of summary and you also need to decide on uh, your hourly rate and then you send yeah. them this email and then uh, they either agree or not, right? Yes, yeah. You can also go do it in a Google Doc and then you can actually have, have them comment it, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then discuss, so really discuss it a little bit. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and we already have a question uh, from here is how to decide on this uh, rate. It's, uh, oh, yeah, the, the question rate, is about uh... daily rate. And, uh, and we had some prior chats about this and you also mentioned something about like there is a trade-off between uh, when you pay per day or per hour or per project. So maybe you can also talk about uh, oh, yeah. that as well. Yeah, that's a big... So I, first yeah. I should say that people tell me I'm really bad at negotiating. Mm -hmm. uh, probably if you're a future client, you should know that, but... <laughs> <laughs> So I think the, the so the natural thing is to start just with an hourly rate because it's mm -hmm. it's very transparent, right? You say I work for you, you you, you some somewhere. So I have like Google Sheets where I put in all the hours, and then at the end of the month you, you write an invoice. Um, but I found that the so the the downside of that is is that that this is a very strange incentive for you, right? So the if, so actually if you want to so I think in some way it would be great if you get get more money if you help the client and not mm -hmm. if you just work more hours mm -hmm. right and sometimes so I'm I'm more like okay if it doesn't make any sense I also don't work more hours and then suddenly you realize you're actually not working as many hours as you thought you would or something right because for whatever reason because it's it's easier or it's, the project is moving faster than you thought or people don't need that much help uh, and so on so that's. Yeah, so I think the, but but then again, if you go for the other rate, so the question is how do we come, come up with this rate, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> uh, and and in, in the book, Million Dollar Consulting, so what he, he proposes is that you you sort of try to talk about what is the value of the work that you're doing. And then you say, right, you say, so I go in, uh, I do this logistic regression model, you save 100,000 euro. Um, so let's say 10% of that, right? Or 5% mm -hmm. of that or something. <laughs> 
And I think so in a, in a way, this is a good argument, I think, but it's sometimes really hard to figure out like, what is, what is this money? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the value of the project? And then the other thing is that, that many people, so they, they think more in terms of salaries, right? So mm-hmm. that's, so it could it's be like- It's also riskier, right? So like, how do you know that uh, you will, your project will succeed? So you're kind of betting yeah. on the success of the project. Well, yes. machine learning, I mean, it's not yes. always the case. <laughs> That's true. No, okay. What what they say in the book is sort of you say, okay, so you ask the client, right? So how uh-huh. much money do you think this will make? And then uh-huh. they say it could be between one and two million or something. Uh-huh. And, then, and then okay, you, then... And then you take the lower bound, right? Uh-huh. So you say you think it will it make at least one million, and then uh-huh. you you sort of you break uh-huh. it down and so on. Yeah. So I've tried. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I don't know. I I, I tried it. I know people who who managed to do that, but it, I think it's it's much tougher discussion because mm-hmm. also. And the point is also, so if, if you want to do this, you can never talk about hourly rates, right? Because mm-hmm. if you talk about hourly rates, they will always they will always try to say like, okay, if this is like 10,000, how many hours is this work? And then so mm-hmm. you, you can't get away from it. So you really have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, so it's a very weird thing. So sometimes when you say like, okay, so it's like, I don't know, 10,000 euro over three months. So each month, month you pay me like a third of it. Uh, or there are different versions or you say like you pay half first and then half at the end or something uh, but if there's like this fixed rate then some companies or some clients I talk to they're suddenly afraid that this might look like uh, employment right so mm-hmm. so there's always this thing like if if I don't know what the what is in English right but the um, so if, if you're paying somebody as a freelancer, but it's actually really like an employment, then as a company, you have to pay health insurance and mm-hmm. I don't know, all this life insurance and stuff like that. So, and they are afraid that, I don't know, there's some, so the, some. Um, like this financial, um, uh, how do you call it? Uh, like basically fin- finance authority will come and say, yes, hey, yeah. like looks like you're evading taxes. Yes. Right, so you have this this guy, but I mean, you're paying him like a monthly fee, mm-hmm. which is really like uh, like salary. So exactly. please, you you all now also have to pay all this this health insurance mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. So this is like the I don't know, this is the the downside, right? But I think the yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> let's say for somebody who just wants to start uh, freelancing and they have no idea about the market, they don't know how much. Uh, other freelancers make uh, i guess yeah. that's uh, difficult like how do you come up with this hourly price yeah. do you ask a client uh, like hey how much you want to pay me or it's, yeah, i no, guess I... it's difficult to yes when you're starting to come up with uh, a number do you yes. have any tips yeah so th- no it's uh yeah no i also asked ask other consultants like mm-hmm. what they what they take um i think i was lucky because the like my first client was somebody i, I worked with together previously mm-hmm. right and then and then at some point he suggested that i increase my rate like a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah but i think you also have to i think so one thing is if, if you're if you're sort of hands-on and working a lot of hours right i think it's it's uh, it's it's less you make per hour if it's more like so, is that, so it's a bit linked to the like the impact you're doing right so mm-hmm. yeah but then I think you also have to you have to see whether it sort of feels right for you, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't. Yeah, so in summary, and uh, there is also a question from here, is uh, you don't have daily rate for your projects. You 
Uh, or how, how do you do this now? Hourly rate, daily rate, or per project? Or it really depends on, on the uh, depends project? On the, yes, no, it depends okay. on, the, on the client. I have somewhere, some, especially like the older ones, where I just have like an hourly rate. I have, yeah, I mean, that's also the nice thing, right? It's um, idea. Yeah. So you can also, in the end, you can set your, your prices. And if, if you can agree on something, then that's also good, right? Mm -hmm. I think the, the, um, so the advantage also of like a fixed rate is also that um, then you can really focus on, on doing like the best work, like also from the, from your client side, right? So sometimes they're like, ah, oh, he's already so expensive. Let's try to, to use him less or something, right? So they can just, um, yeah, you can just focus on it. And sometimes, um, yeah, and sometimes it's like more work, sometimes it's less work, but it's, it's less of a hassle. And then the, okay, the, the other funny thing is, right, so usually with your client, um, when they, so they ask, like, if it's an hourly rate, they also ask you what the, what the weekly estimate is, because they need to do a budget for that, mm -hmm. right? And so actually it's, um, yeah, so, so in a way, right, actually like a fixed rate doesn't really hurt them because then it's already budgeted and they can just spend it, but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's difficult. But I think at the end of the day, you also have to ask yourself, right, so what is the, how many hours do I want to work, how much money do I want to make, or when does it feel okay or not okay? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, and usually when you come out of the, so you know what you would earn as a, um, as a like employee, full-time mm -hmm. employee. And I think, um, yeah, that, that's sort of a rough. Mm -hmm. rough so estimate. this is how much you aim to make uh, at the very least, right? Yes. And uh, there should be a bit more because mm -hmm. you always have this, I mean, you have to, so there are things like you have to pay like, more for your head insurance mm -hmm. because you have to cover all mm -hmm. of it and things yeah, like right. that. Uh, and you have this risk that maybe there isn't a project, mm -hmm. so you have to okay. have it higher. So on, on average, so you need to think about expected uh, uh, value, right? Uh, yeah, and, and like, you know, your vacations, right? Nobody pays for that and so on. So it's... Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. So, yeah, about vacations. Uh, I know you recently came back from a vacation. So how does it... So how... I imagine that it's uh, very difficult now to take a vacation because now I work as a full-time employee I know that I have 28 days uh, of vacation. So you're going to just say, okay, I'm taking, I don't know, 10 days, 20 days, um, see you there. And then I yeah. get paid for this. So this is a paid vacation. Yes. In case of freelance, uh, it's not the case, right? So you yes. need to... Uh, you don't work, like you don't make money, right? So yeah, it's psychologically, I guess it's yes. very difficult to just, you know, pack your things and go away for a month. Yeah, exactly. So how yeah, do you deal with it's, that? It's that and then... Uh, yeah, so I, I actually thought about this and then I had the, I almost thought like, oh, it's actually like I'm paying double for this, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm paying for the vacation and I'm not making money. So mm -hmm. it's a bit like. Um... <laughs> so working from, uh, uh, like working from vacation, is it? Yes. <laughs> and then, then you don't enjoy vacation, right? Yeah, I think there are some people who just say I can I, I can go on vacation, and then I have maybe this one client, and I just I just have mm -hmm. a few. If, if there's not like a lot of meetings, you can still have them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, but I think that that's the point, right? So you, that's also why you need to factor this in into your rate. So you mm -hmm. should go for like if I make this in ten months per year, then I have mm -hmm. enough money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I think the other thing is, of course, that if you have like several clients, you might feel bad about um, sort of not not being there for them. Mm -hmm. 
but then I, but on the other hand, I think, right. So usually in this, in this, um, so you're working with people, most of the people you work with are employees and it's pretty normal that they just go on vacation. Right. So, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. and I think in the end, yeah, I also have to, that's another thing, right. So nobody, if nobody stops you, you can just work like 24 mm -hmm. seven. So you have to, you have to take some breaks. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's also because now you have, Let's say if you have hourly rate, you have this incentive of uh, working on the, all the time, right? Yeah. Like especially like let's say you can get three clients and then work eight hours for each, right? Oh, approximately. Day, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then like after a week, uh, you burn out, right? Yes. So yeah. how to to avoid uh, overworking? Do you have any tips? No. No, I think it's. Uh... <laughs> Now, one thing I think is, uh, I don't know, so at least for my, my product, I, so because it's, yeah, I, I, so I, I want to say I think it depends on the kind of work, is it? Yeah. So if you're, if you're more on the like mentoring, working with people, right, it's also, you can't just work for eight hours per day. Maybe if you have like 10 clients, you can just mm -hmm. slice them together every day. Yeah. But you have to, I think you have to, yeah, you have to make, make you have to just keep an eye on your capacity and mm -hmm. then also... Um, yeah, you have to find like a balance, like mm -hmm. what makes sense for you in terms of money, and then also mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. So as a freelancer, now all of a sudden you have a lot more things to worry about. So you need to worry about like, okay, how do I set my hourly rate? Because you, yeah. it's not just a number. It's, it's not like you just take your hourly rate that you make as a full time employee and use it. You need to account for vacation. You need to account for I don't know sickness. You need to account for. Um, like risk that there will be no client yeah right is there any, any insurances is there any rule of thumb like you can just maybe take your current uh, hourly rate and double it or triple it hmm. not sure no i don't know it seems quite difficult okay yes. so you, you have this problem right on yeah. top of that uh, you need to also think about your mental health and in general like how do you avoid over yes. overworking right yeah. like how do you um let yourself take vacation right? yes so and uh, yeah that's uh, that's a lot to manage right? it is no and then then there's the other thing right so you also need to think about like the sort of so in a way like what because consulting is also like a product right mm -hmm. and um i think in the in the beginning i also did this you were just like yeah it sounds interesting so it sounds like something i could do and then you take on a lot of projects but so the question is also, so how do you want to, is this like what you want to do? Every product is different. Mm -hmm. But there's also many people I talk to is like, right. So there's also this idea that you want to um, sort of standardize what you do a bit more and also specialize more, right? So that mm -hmm. there's like this, this really this one thing um, that you, I don't know, right? I don't know. It's like a certain kind of models. Like a niche, right? For uh, a niche, yeah, so, yeah, and I think the sort of the um, the advantage of that is that everything becomes a bit more predictable, also, right? Mm -hmm. So you or you get better at what you do. So you say, okay, mm -hmm. I have this. I always do like pro I do a certain kind of project, and then every time I do it, I learn a bit more, and I get more sort of mm -hmm. also predictability, right? And then also you get better at what you do, so your value for that. So if you find something that's actually asked uh, mm -hmm. or people are looking for, you also get better with that than. Yeah. And I think this is a this is a thing that many many people do over time. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, but that's also something you have to think about, right? So you have to also start maybe think about this and then also say no to projects because you think mm-hmm. like, okay, this is like, I don't know, it's a lot of money or a very interesting client, but this is not like what I want to do. Right? And mm-hmm. I think this is, um, yeah, this is yeah, also something I'm like, like every, like once a month, I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Is this really, is this good or not? And then you start thinking about it. But mm-hmm. and I think, but I mean, for me, this is, this is also part of what, what makes this so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, maybe when you agree to take a client, you don't know if you'll like it or not. And there is only one way to find out if this is what you like, right? To try it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, by yeah. trial and error, that... you focus on a specific thing yes. and then. Yeah. And I think, right. So sometimes you, you, and there's like all, all kinds can have like, all, so you, it might, might be that like, this is something you're good at, but it's not mm-hmm. fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's something that's a lot of fun, but you're really struggling with it. So it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of self-exploration <laughs> to be done. So maybe you need a bit of both, right? So you need uh, something fun, but uh, that you need to learn. And uh, yeah. at the same time, okay. um, I, I noticed, I think we, that you have a couple of clients, multiple clients at the same time, right? Yeah. So how does your day look like? So you work at the same time for like during one day, you have meetings with multiple clients or you yeah. work maybe one day for one client and another day for another client. Yeah. No, I think that, that, yeah, it's up, up to you how you want to organize it. But from, yeah, I do, I do sort of, <laughs> I'm managing like a different Google calendar for each client and then trying mm. to, to update all the, uh, the availabilities, keep them in sync. Yeah. And for me, this really so it reminds me when I was at Zalando and was doing this internal technical principal role, mm-hmm. right? It's also you have different projects and then you meet with them during the day. So that, mm-hmm. that actually mm-hmm. felt pretty normal for me. Yeah. So how is your work now different from work you were doing at Zalando? So, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's uh, similar, right? But it's also... Uh, like I have more freedom or I can I can sort of mix so at Zalando it's a bit like okay if, if there's nothing you have to if there's nothing you like nothing happening right now there's nothing you can do right but now you can actually mm-hmm. sort of you can put together your own mix and mm-hmm. I, I think it's very really interesting you're seeing all these companies uh, different company cultures different approaches different tech stacks and so on mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I'm also curious do you work now less than you worked full-time or more it's uh so the, i don't know the past few weeks it feels like i'm working much more <laughs> but the no in general was uh similar i think mm-hmm. right so like 40 hours per week approximately yeah yeah no i think i do like normal mm-hmm. normal like what is it like 10 to 6 days mm-hmm. um but of course not not all of that time is is built right as mm-hmm. i said so so maybe i think the actual like client hours is maybe up to half of it and then there is mm-hmm. um other stuff like yeah like doing mm-hmm. this or mm-hmm. uh, working on talks or mm-hmm. um yeah just learning something and so on mm-hmm. yeah. and in terms of salary if it's not a secret like do you make more than before like when working full-time or it's approximately the same amount it's um i think so far it's approximately the same mm-hmm. but it's uh or so right, let's, see, the... let's see where we are where we, where at the end of the year. Okay, when you <laughs> file months, your declaration, right? Yes, some months this was definitely more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, I can't complain. So it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, because I'm curious, like if you're doing pretty much the same work uh, and you're getting the same money, <laughs> like would, is it worth all this uh, work? Yes, uh, no, 
but I think yeah, for me, it's really this, this sort of freedom and then like uh-huh. being in control thing uh-huh. also, right? And it's also I mean, so the we haven't talked about this, but but when I started, I also thought maybe I maybe I do a startup or I do some work on some ideas of my own, uh-huh. and that's the right. So at any point you can you can say I take, don't take new clients, uh-huh. or you can say yeah, I, I'm taking I only like one client, right? Yeah, and then you do that. Um, yeah, and I think the it's it's really much more interesting than I think what you can get back within a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just one company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you work at a company, you have uh, all forty hours that you have to devote to the company, right? But when you work as a freelancer and you have multiple clients, at some point you can say, okay, I'm working no longer than twenty hours for my freelance projects, and then I'm working the remaining twenty hours for my cool startup yes. idea. Yeah. Maybe new streaming analytics startup, right? Yeah, still so much potential. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's also the, uh, the, the like, like in the day, there's, so that's also something I really had to get used to, right? It's like, so nobody's, there's no, there's no boss, right? I mean, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to like do good work for your clients, but then um, you can also just take the, the afternoon off if you manage to keep it free of meetings and then mm-hmm. just do something, right? It's not mm-hmm. less. Yeah. So this, yeah, it's it's all up to you. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have more freedom. So if you want to work uh, from I don't know a different country, you just go and work. Yes. Right. Yeah, and it's not like I think the yeah I, I had times. Right? So at, at so sometimes at the company, not not saying which one, but but it's also like there's not a lot to do, and then you're there for eight eight hours per day, and you mm-hmm. sort of you feel like oh, I, I felt like I owe them this time, right? But now if if not a lot's happening, then you can just do the couple of meetings and then you can the rest of the day you can do whatever you want. So that's mm-hmm. um yeah, somehow so I feel a bit like my so my my dent my dentist is just next door and sometimes I see him in the street and I really feel like like I'm the dentist now mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> you, you know, so when I when I work I make money. If I don't, I don't. If I if mm-hmm. I close my, my practice, then I can, I don't know, play golf. I don't play golf, but so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's really some like a bit of being an entrepreneur in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so you get the freedom, but you need to worry about, uh, more things. Like yeah. Also promoting yourself. It's one of the, like you get to, to do, you have to do a lot of work that you don't build, but you need to yeah. do this in order to get new clients. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Let's say you already have a few clients and then there is a new client who comes to you and says, uh, hey, I have this uh, new project for you and you really like this project. This is what you really want to do, but you don't have enough capacities. What do you do in this case? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. It's a, no, I think the, yeah, it's, but, but then I think in the end, it's also, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could, I don't know, I think, don't think that's a good move, right? But you could also say like, no, I really want to do this. Uh, let me ramp down my other projects and then I, I take mm-hmm. this one, um, uh, which is, I don't know uh, whether that's like a big, mm-hmm. but I, so in the end, it's up to you, right? So then they, they probably won't do another project with you again. And then if they talk to people, it's not good, but the, so ultimately maybe doing this other project is better. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a, um, another book, uh, by oh, there was another book. It's called "Build to Sell." Like if you build a startup, if you build a startup, but actually you have the plan of selling it, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's a 
And there it's also a lot about standardizing your product. And especially if you start more like a, like a general, I think this is interesting for, we haven't talked about this yet, but sort of if, if you start with the consulting, right? So if you get lots of new projects, one option would also be you say, okay, I'm actually like founding a company, I'm hiring a few people, and then you're trying to build up like a consulting agency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so in this book, so if you want to sell it at some point, you have to, it has to run without you. So you have to standardize mm-hmm. everything a bit more. But that also involves maybe saying no to clients you had for a long time. So mm-hmm. I think this is also part of the so what, you, what you can do. Mm-hmm. So what are your plans? Do you want to have a consultancy or you want to have a startup or you don't know yet? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. So this is the, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's... Mm-hmm. But in general, I guess, uh, so when you start freelancing, you don't want to do this for the rest of your, you know, uh, before your uh, retirement. Yes. Right? So what could be the next uh, moves after freelancing? Right? So you can um, start a company, right? A consultancy company, you can hire new people and then they would work, uh, help you work. And you can also start a startup, I guess, if you see that some of the queries, some of the projects you get from clients, they repeat, they're about the same thing. You, yeah. I guess you can kind of put this in a product and then start a yes. product company, right? Yeah, there's so many options, right? So, <laughs> no, you can, I think the, no, I think some people, they just like the freelancing and the consulting and the freedom and you do this and then maybe you get better at, at negotiating than I am and then you make enough money so that you also, like your retirement is taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely um, the part you can do. You can, uh, I think if you, you, you can do this for a while and then maybe you find a company and then you say, like, which you have a great client, and then you think, okay, I'm, I'm done with the this experimenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can become an employee again. I, and so mm-hmm. at Zalando, I interviewed a lot of people, um, and then every every now and then there was also consultant. Right, and then mm-hmm. you ask them why they want to do this. Uh, one thing they always said it's so they want more ownership. So I think this is mm-hmm. I haven't experienced it yet, but I think if you do this for a few years, because you always always do like one part of the project, and then you're out, right? You move on. So definitely. Mm-hmm um yeah you can what you said so if, if you somehow uh, are more hands-on and you realize you're always doing like the same thing you can start building a product you can do that you can also build up a um a consulting agency right but then you're you're somebody's boss and also like mm-hmm. so it's, it's also very different from just being like, now all of a sudden you have less freedom yeah because you have a company to run and yes. you have to care about people yeah yeah. Um, I remember oh. seeing a question, uh, I don't remember from who, and I don't remember how exactly it was phrased, but uh, the the essence was that, um, what is the output of your work usually? Like, is it like some sort of report? Is it a presentation? Is it... Uh, okay. Yeah, so what, depends, what yeah. do clients get at the end? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that depends a lot on what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, in my case, um, so what I, what I have right now are more longer running projects. So three to six months where I work with the team. And then I think actually the output is like what the team did in the end. But so, but as part of that, I'm also, you're also doing like concepts and you're writing that mm-hmm. down. Okay. But like it's a principle, uh, right? Like you yes. said. Yeah. So like what, uh, this is what a principle would do here at Zalanda. They would uh, help a team uh, yes. do better, right? Yeah. Work better. Yeah, but I think it could also be, I mean, especially if you go into productionizing more, right? I think what many people are doing is 
there's like a, like a thing where you, you do workshops with the company and then you do an analysis and say, okay, this is the stuff you need to work on, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this could be an outcome. Um, if, if you're like a hands-on freelancer, of course, then the, like what the code is the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, for data science, I know one guy who does lots of these like POCs. So he mm -hmm. goes to a company and they don't have any data science capabilities, but so he discusses with them um, like what they want to work on. They produce some data and then he does like a, like a, like a first prototype to see whether mm -hmm. it's worth going deeper. Right? So mm -hmm. there's, yeah. I mean, as you said, if you like it, right? So there's a lot of mm -hmm. different stuff you can do and find something that, that makes sense for you, I think. And um, we talked a bit about that. So there are things uh, you are good at and there are things you are not good yet at, but you want to learn them. So uh, let's say if there is something you want to be better at, and that's something interesting. So how do you actually become better at this as a freelancer? So let's say it can be, I don't know, project management or something like yeah. something to just to take a complete example. So you, you like, it's an example. I don't know if that's the case for you, but let's say you are not very good at project management and you want to become better. So how do you do this as a freelancer? If uh, like, you cannot say, tell your client that, Hey, Hey, like, actually I suck at this, but I want to learn this thing for your money. Like, like hire yes. me. <laughs> Yes, uh, good question. <laughs> I think it's. Um, um, I think there's this thing where you're already good at it, but you want to get better at it, and then, but then, um, sort of you're looking a bit for like like stretch assignments, right? So mm -hmm. stuff where you think like, okay, I think I can do this, but maybe it's a bit far out or so. Uh, and I think you can also be be open about it. Right? You can also say like, look, I never did this before, so I cannot guarantee whether it works, but let us try. Mm -hmm. um, and then usually I think during the project, there's often opportunity because so there's something that needs to be taken care of and then you can try to do some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, other things, I think you can also sort of team up with other people and, and see how they do it and learn from them. Uh, and then like, all the other classical stuff, right? But I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, there's this, this thing where sort of you're, um, yeah, so you, I think you're looking, or if you want to do this, so you're looking for projects which are like a little bit outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. but, but not so far that you that you think there's mm -hmm. a real risk you won't do it. Mm -hmm. So right. basically you need to feel comfortable about being able to deliver the project. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but not he, like... Yeah, so not a moonshot, but... Uh, yeah. Okay. And then not... So basically um, like at work, right? Uh, or maybe at work you have some more leeway because you can say, okay, like uh, I'll just learn whatever new technology. Uh, yeah. But with a client, you maybe don't always have this opportunity to, yeah, you know, to learn for the money of the client. That's true. Yeah, but you have this. I mean, this is then sort of in your your unpaid mm -hmm. unpaid hours, right? You yeah, also have right. a lot of time to do that if you want to. Yeah, yeah we have quite a few questions. So um, the, I found uh, there is one very interesting one. What is your most relevant learning uh, when finding clients? So what did you learn from this process of finding clients? Uh -huh. What is my... <laughs> um... No, I think it, yeah. I think also this writing this, this, su this summary, I think this was really... Mm -hmm. um... So it, it felt a bit like, okay, this is an extra step, but actually it was really... So I think it's, it's good to be really clear about like mm -hmm. what the project is before you started. Mm -hmm. yeah. So make sure you're on the same page, right? The Have same it in page. writing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then, 
And then there is a question from somebody from Germany. Uh, yeah. And the question is about how, like, how do you deal with all these normal, air quotes, uh, paperwork, for German paperwork? Because yes. it's, uh, like it's a lot of... Um, bureaucracy because like you need to fill a lot of uh, papers you need to like do this uh, monthly uh, tax declaration yes so how do you deal with all that yeah okay so i'm not not a tax accountant or anything so there's mm -hmm. no no don't sue me <laughs> <laughs> so the the great thing in germany is that there's this um uh, freiberufler concept mm -hmm. right so you don't have to there's this there's like a group of people essentially where your sort of your work is mostly based on your expertise, like like architects, doctors, and so on. <laughs> and you don't, and they have a special um, uh, that that's a setup. I think that doesn't exist in too many countries, right? And one one good thing is sort of you just pay income tax. So if you have a company, you also have to pay some tax on the uh, like on the revenue, but it's just that. And actually, it's quite simple. So you just tell your um, you write a letter to your tax office, and you mm -hmm. tell them you're doing this as a freelance uh, as a Freiberufler now. Mm -hmm. And then I think, so in my case, they asked me, like, what is, what is the estimate for my income for next year? <clears throat> and based on mm -hmm. that, they say how much you are going to pay in advance. Right? Mm -hmm. so you're, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the other thing you have to do is uh, you have to apply for this. Okay, and usually then from them, you get, you get like a tax number, mm -hmm. like a new tax number for this activity, which is different from the one you had on your, on your employee work. Mm -hmm. And with that, you can apply for this, um, this, this VAT this mm -hmm. Umsatzsteuer ID. <laughs> yeah, that's getting too technical a bit. Yes, so this is, and this is the but one But you which, do this yourself, right? You do all this yourself. Do you yeah, have I, like I a tax it, advisor or? No, no, I haven't. Okay. I mean, I, I should get one, but I, uh -huh. so actually it's quite, I also thought maybe I, I can try to learn it myself. Uh -huh. And then they, they sort of tell you also, like based on the estimate, they also tell you whether you have to do this monthly or not. Um, or, or like, in yeah. longer increments and then you mm -hmm. have to do at the beginning of the month you but there's this elster de where you can just mm -hmm. fill the stuff in and it takes a while to figure out but it's usually just like one mm -hmm. or two numbers you just fill in how much money you made okay. and then it's, if it. it takes a while even for germans to figure out and foreigners are don't yeah but it's not that it's like five things you need to know uh, <laughs> first and then and then let's see what happens next year when i have to do my tax sector <laughs> so uh so the, also that was a two-part question. So yeah. like uh, the, the second part was if you decide to operate as a freelancer or as a company, I think you answered that the answer yeah. is a freelancer. And the alternative is uh, to start a one-person company, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you decided that like for your case, maybe it's better to start as a freelancer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, if you found a company, then that's, that's a lot more hassle, right? So you have to do like a, a proper... So you have to find a company, you have to go to a notar, you have to mm -hmm. do this funny thing where he reads you the whole contract and then you sign it. Don't know whether you did it before. Have you done mm -hmm. that already? This is yes, uh, like for, thing, a, I think. for a different thing for a mortgage. Uh, yeah. For a flat. So but they, yeah, like it's uh, one hour and a half, just the notary is reading out loud, very fast and very, yes. uh, I guess it's just a part of... Uh, it's just part of the, how, how it's done since <laughs> yeah, forever, okay. yes. Uh, and then the, you have to do this yearly tax, uh, which is quite, uh, you can't do this alone. Yeah. The one thing is as a freelancer, you, you have like personal liability, uh, mm -hmm. but there are some, some like professional insurances, which, which mm -hmm. are 
quite expensive 300 euros but mm -hmm. they sort of cover that i think i hope <laughs> so technically yeah. a company can sue you if you did something that affects their business right yes yeah. and uh, that's why you need to have this uh, insurance to yeah. kind of make sure that if that happens uh you don't have to sell everything you have just to yeah. pay for that right yeah okay so the, but it's recommend? the same it's the same with doctors and architects uh -huh. right so they okay uh, yeah. so you, would you recommend to have that insurance? Yes. No, some, some clients also requested that I have it. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they they will not work with you unless you have that. Yeah. Right. Uh, they want to make sure that, uh, uh, like, if something happens to their production database, right? Uh, yes. If I need. delete the production database, yes. <laughs> How do you do this if you don't do hands-on work? I don't. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, yes. No, there's mm -hmm. also stuff like, uh, I think so right now not but if you're on site and then somebody trips over your laptop and they get hurt so and, and mm -hmm. all this stuff so it mm -hmm. covers a lot there and then I mean there's all this like GDPR and uh, data mm -hmm. so if you lose the data and so on right so there mm -hmm. I mean, if you start reading insurance mm -hmm. offers you just wonder okay there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably yeah. Uh, insurance companies did witness all these things uh, going wrong that's why they yeah. have them right. but i think it's it's actually so becoming a freelancer in germany is not it, it's it's less complicated than you think so it's mm -hmm. not it's not very formal actually mm -hmm. so do you think this freelance market is affected by globalization by uh, like now everyone can work remotely yeah. so why would a german company hire you instead of going to china or india or some other countries like because the, the, it's cheaper okay. labor there. So what, do you think uh, is globalization affected that? Um, I guess, yes. Well, I think, but as I said, so this freelance thing, it's a, like a huge trust, trust mm -hmm. thing, I think, right? So you, uh, I mean, I know that there are some, and I think that's also part of, I mean, depends on what you want to do, right? If you're just like a front-end freelancer. So there's there's this point where, where it's already a bit commoditized. And I think there are mm -hmm. some websites where you can just go if you just want to do deep data like science projects. Fever, right. Yeah. Or, and I think there it's sort of you're competing more globally. Mm -hmm. But if, if if you're more specialized or if you if you have like your like a like a name, mm -hmm. which sort of I claim I have a bit, um, but then then that's sort of how you get it get it. And um mm -hmm. Because as everybody knows, right? So there, um, it, it's super hard to find good data scientists. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. But I mean, for me, that was also part of the reason why why I started now was because. So I already, I've always thought about it, but then I thought I could never travel that much as a mm -hmm. consultant, right? So it seemed to me, if you have a number of clients, you have to like travel a lot, and I didn't want to do that, or I couldn't mm -hmm. because of my family. Mm -hmm small mm -hmm. kids and so on travel you mean like because uh, like let's say if you have clients from different parts of germany or different parts of uh, you know europe or world then you would need to go on site and then yeah. talk to them right but yeah. now since everyone is uh, yeah. doing things remotely you don't have to do that right yes yeah and the people mm -hmm. i talk to are also like like big consultant companies they say mm -hmm. you know i think they really changed right so people understood this remote remotely work also works and it's of course also a big cost mm -hmm. factor and then the environment also so yeah thanks before we wrap up so maybe do you have any advice for people who just who want to start freelancing yes just try it no <laughs> i think actually i was surprised i think the so i think the good thing about you know i think 
mostly data scientists are watching this, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a yeah, people are really looking super hard for to finding good data scientists, right? Mm -hmm. So the market is really in our favor. Um, and I think the if if you have a good network, if you know people who went to new companies or something, right? So I think if you if you know people who would hire you, if you quit, if you would say mm -hmm. like, oh, why don't you work for us? Then then there's a good chance. And I think if you have if you have enough money to to try it out for a few months, like three mm -hmm. months or so, mm -hmm. just do it. And I think if you, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're interested in all the uh, all the rest, so if you <laughs> all the complexities all the we yes, discussed, yeah, how to do your, so you need to be ready. For yeah, that. your VAT text declaration every month. Mm -hmm. well, what do you think about freelancing and working at? Uh, at a company full-time at the same time is it realistic or like maybe somebody wants to, to find out if freelancing is for them yes. like yeah. they think okay we don't want to quit our job and then have no certainty um, whether it will work out or not yeah is it uh, i think uh, I realistic me, no i don't I, for me it, it wasn't so I, for me when i when i had a job there was no no mm -hmm. energy left <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but maybe if you're young and mm -hmm. i don't know yeah still have some I don't know. I think you can try. I mean, the problem is maybe because um, so if you're already working full time, it's hard to also work with the client during office hours. Yeah, right? exactly. And they want be... you uh, to be present during office hours. Yeah. Okay. So you need to find a client from the States or from Australia or something. Yeah. But then it... <laughs> and then it's like uh, you don't have a life anymore. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. clear. Um, how can people find you? Uh, on, on Twitter. Nikki Brown is just my and then LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, follow okay. me. I need to get. I'm I'm stuck with my followers count for two or three years now. Yeah, please follow me too. I need more followers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe if you make a couple of more announcements about JBlast, people will follow you. Yeah, people are still using JBlast, <laughs> interestingly. But I'm also yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's maybe a topic for another discussion. Yes. It is. Okay. Thanks a lot for joining us today, for sharing your story with us, for uh, giving us some yeah. tips. And uh, yeah, that was Always great. nice talking to you. And, uh, yeah. Thanks everyone for watching and for asking questions. And yeah, have a great weekend, everyone. Yes. Enjoy the